Hey Megs, this is Marion, and you're listening to Megs Moments, a podcast about all things related to entrepreneurship, business, millennials, and pop culture. It is March 31st, and this is episode number six. Happy Sunday, everyone. I feel like I feel like a YouTuber when I like greet people that way. Happy Sunday. Uh, but Sundays are probably one of my favorite days. They're a good day to uh, just kind of get recalibrated with life. I feel like um, I normally go to church, uh, hang out with my family and kind of just get my life like reacquainted with what my week is going to be like, kind of restructure myself. And just remind myself that I uh, have to go to my nine to five, got to work on Meg's, got to get a bunch of work done. But it's a it's a good Sunday's a good way to kind of get yourself in the right headspace. So I hope you guys are all enjoying your Sunday or if you'll be listening to this on a Monday, I hope you're enjoying your new week. Um, I had a pretty good week uh, last week, to be honest with you guys. Things are finally kind of winding down in terms of working at my nine to five. Uh, So a lot of my marketing related activities are kind of loosening up in terms of the things that we have to do, but uh, we'll only have a few more weeks to relax and then we'll have our annual general meeting coming up. So things will kick off again in terms of busyness uh, rather soon. So I'm just kind of taking it all in and trying to relax as much as possible. Uh, Last week, I actually had a really cool opportunity to go to a women in sports conference um, actually at a local sport organization here in the GTA. So that was pretty cool. And actually had a bunch of uh, female sports leaders in the sport industry. So women that worked in sport management roles, women that worked in um, nonprofit sport uh, areas of sports, women who worked in provincial sport organizations like myself, as well as kind of like national sport bodies. So that was really cool. We had a panel session where a few of these different women in these different areas came to speak to us about a variety of different things, provided their perspective on different things in sports and gave us some advice. Uh, So that was really cool. But as I was there, I was noticing like the panel that we had. And it's funny because I had actually posted a panel, sorry, a picture of the panel on my Instagram, just kind of being like, this is where I'm at. Obviously millennials, you got to share everything. And I had a few responses from people being like, oh, I love the uh, diversity on the panel. Um, And just to kind of give you guys like a recap, uh, all of the women on the panel were white women. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. These women have worked hard. They had really great backgrounds, really great stories. They were working in amazing positions and amazing organizations. But it definitely was something that I, as a black woman, noticed when I kind of walked into the room, like the people that were going to be sharing, uh, I guess, their perspectives on sport and who were, had essentially kind of reached the pinnacle of sport, um, who they were and like what they looked like, if that makes any sense. And again, no shade to them. I know for a fact that they worked hard to get to where they were, but I think it was just a sobering reminder that um, there still needs to be a lot of work done in terms of making sure that... Um, in all areas of like the corporate side of things, as well as in sport, um, especially the people that are overseeing and running sport, we need to make sure that there are people of all types and shapes and sizes and creeds and colors represented. Um, I know for a fact that in the sports world, the the products, quote unquote, or the people playing the sports um, just so happen to be people of color. But when it gets to the decision-making or the overseeing of actual sport, 
or of where sport funding is going to go or if sport initiatives and programs, uh, the people in those positions don't necessarily look like the people in whom they're making decisions for. And so it kind of sparked a little bit of a thought in me to kind of want to create a solutions based initiative for this. So I kind of have something in the works, uh, Cross your fingers for me that um, I have the time and I have the strength to kind of like put this together. Um, But yeah, when things do come full circle, I'll let you guys know what the initiative is and uh, essentially how things are going. But yeah, it was just that was just uh, an interesting observation. But it also reminded me like how important it is that if you are walking in spaces where you don't necessarily see things um, that you want to see, or there's like maybe missing gaps. It's not that we necessarily need to criticize the system, but how do we create greater opportunities or better spaces, um, for everybody to kind of benefit from the system. So yeah, that's how my week went and it was great. And it was awesome. I now we're going to move on to a pop culture topic, uh, this week. So I don't know if any of you guys heard, but wow, airlines has officially gone under, Uh, So Wow Airlines is this uh, airline, I believe they're based out of Ireland. I remember hearing about them last year. They were offering these crazy cheap flights to Iceland, to like other parts of like North America. If you're from Ontario and like if you live in a place like Hamilton, you could get like a dirt cheap flight to like um, Western Canada if you're going to like Edmonton for a really, really affordable price. Um, If you live here, you already know it's going to cost you like $500 to fly from like Toronto to Calgary, which is ridiculous because it'll cost me less to fly to New York or to Washington, D.C. So Air Canada, WestJet, you guys all need to like figure that out and get it together. But uh, so our airline essentially afforded um, offered people like a really good and affordable means of travel, travel kind of like in Canada, in North America, as well as like to Europe. Um, I had heard some issues where Um, Just because you were getting an affordable flight didn't mean they weren't finding other ways to kind of like get in your pocket. So you could get a cheap flight to Europe, but you would still have to pay like more than you would normally pay for your first check bag. And you'd also have to pay for like your carry on. So those were like the small little ways in which they were getting you. And if you've ever traveled through Europe, you'll you'll realize that that's how they get you as well. You can buy a ticket for like a few a, a, a couple euros and you're like, oh, this is great. Amazing. And they'll be like, oh, is that a purse you've taken on the bag? You've got to pay like an arm and a leg. So that was essentially how they were like running their operation but it turns out they were actually dealing with some financial issues uh financial difficulties in part because a lot of the um trips they were offering were so affordable they essentially weren't making their money back in terms of covering their expenses for things like planes and i guess uh, human resources aspects um and so as a result the company filed for bankruptcy the worst part of it all is that I guess they, they've been aware for a while that they were going through these financial hardships, but their business, their business, I guess, operations kind of came to a halt last Wednesday. And it sounds like they didn't have a legitimate plan because anybody that had a, a trip booked on WOW after that essentially had no alternative option. So there are people who may have taken trips to Iceland or taking trips on WOW and were planning to return home or like to whatever destination on WOW airline who now have no other alternative option and essentially have to pay another party to get home and all the money that they spent on their WOW ticket has now been dissolved and essentially there's not much that can be done for them and so that's extremely frustrating, extremely annoying. I know I'd be extremely irritated. And I think the worst part of all of this is that one, the WoW brand is officially like tarnished and destroyed. And I think it kind of can put a damper on like low budget airlines who already get a little bit of shade 
<clears throat> Spirit Airline. I've never even been on Spirit, but like <laughs> I'm Canadian and I laugh at Spirit Airline each and every single time. But I think this will kind of create a little bit more of a deterrent for people to take low budget airlines because you never really know what their financial situations are or like what can happen at any time. And it's in this case, it sounds like nobody even has to necessarily be accountable to the consumer, which is extremely scary. Their employees are now unemployed. And worst of all, um, Iceland may run into a potential tourism problem. So um, according to an article I was reading, when WOW launched, that's when Iceland also like coincidentally started to see an increase in tourism, um, especially from people in places like Canada, because there's a, now a more affordable way for them to travel to the country. And so I know that I can only assume that now that WOW airline uh, no longer exists, it's going to be a lot harder for Canadians and a lot more expensive for Canadians to travel to that part of the world which may ultimately uh, lead to a decrease in tourism to that space. Alrighty, Megs, let's hop into our topic of the day. So this is going to be a really cute, short, quick one. Um, Today's topic is focused on why having a nine to five and a side hustle can both be good. Um, so I remember I was listening to an episode of The Breakfast Club. Shout out to Charlemagne, Angela Yee, and DJ MV. And Dame Dash had come on the show and he was basically belittling anybody that worked a 9 to 5. And yeah, he was like reinforcing the importance of being an entrepreneur and being your own boss and like validation and self-sufficiency and independence. And they, those were all great points. But at the same time was kind of demeaning people that worked a nine to five job which bothered me a lot even though I'm somebody who's like all for entrepreneurship all for people like having their own passion projects and hustles I did understand and I do understand that there are people that are not necessarily passionate about being their own bosses or feel a lot more comfortable in a structure where they're not necessarily leaving that doesn't make them bad people that doesn't make them weak-minded that's sometimes that's just the reality of the situation but in hearing this podcast it it also served as a good reminder that just because you do have a nine-to-five job just because you do have a career that doesn't mean you can't be an entrepreneur and just because you have an you're an entrepreneur doesn't mean that you can't work a nine-to-five so there's a lot of us i.e me and a lot of the millennial entrepreneurs that i work with and some of them who have been featured on megs actually have a full-time job and are pursuing their own entrepreneurial ventures and um they're still able to function they're still able to be their own bosses and still work for somebody else and there are a lot of positives and benefits to this so we're gonna uh, review and discuss some of those benefits so uh one benefit is you get a salary in addition to money that you're making from your side hustle and i think that's amazing so There are some people who legitimately just view their side hustle as extra income. Uh, If you listen to our last podcast, Operation Varsity Blues, we actually talked about how teachers are benefiting in terms of supplementing their income during summer months by starting their own passion projects or side businesses during the summer, which could also go on as part-time businesses during the school year. So it's another way for you to kind of offset your expenses and cover uh, some bills by having additional income coming in. It's a great way to save extra money, whether you want to buy a house or upgrade things with your business and having this like extra bit of income and having your salary. I mean, there's there's never like when do you ever lose if you have too much money? Sounds like a good deal to me. Another benefit is free professional development. This might sound like uh, a little like what? 
But if you, let's say you run a business where you are, let's say at your nine to five, you're a chef. And then for your side hustle, you decide you're going to start a business that's focused on um, providing like um, customized, clean eating meals to consumers, right? Maybe at your job, they've allocated $1,000 a year for you to have professional development. So that means you taking a new, like, I don't know, like a new vegetable cutting course or like a new sanitation course. These are all things that if you didn't work at your nine to five, you'd have to to pay for out of pocket from like your side hustle um, revenue, right? But in working at your nine to five, your boss, your human resources, your company has already allocated those dollars to help ensure that you as their employee will progress nicely and you will enhance in terms of your skills which will ultimately enhance the types of foods or services that they're able to offer their consumer but those skills that you'll learn and those traits that you pick up will also be transferable to the business that you're running and so again it sounds like a win-win to me you get free professional development which helps you be better at your job but also is applicable to your nine to five and you know, oftentimes, like at my job, we're allowed to pick our professional development. Obviously, it has to fall in line with the job that you're doing at your, with the work that you're doing at your job. But if you are able to find professional development courses that are beneficial to both um, the skills you want to be able to apply to your uh, your side hustle, as well as like maybe even things that you want to do at your nine to five, make sure you take those courses and just explain to your boss like why you taking this professional development course will be beneficial to the organization at the end of the day. And you'll find that a lot of bosses are very reasonable in terms of like allowing you to take those courses. So free professional development is a plus and a must, um, depending on where you live. So if you are American, generally, if you work a nine to five, a salaried nine to five, that means you get health benefits. Um, that's a plus, okay? Because there are a lot of people that are paying for their health benefits out of pocket, but in having a salary job or a career, your employer can um, somewhat assume those costs. Uh, in Canada, so I work a nine to five and I have universal health care, and a lot of that is paid through taxes, but in having my salary job, I also get extended healthcare benefits that are covered by my employer. So that's vision care, dental care, physiotherapy, massage therapy. And these are all things that if I didn't have, um, like an extended healthcare benefits plan, um, I would have to pay for out of pocket. Or if I was just running my side hustle by myself, I'd essentially have to be paying another fee for these extended healthcare benefits, or literally just having to pay the doctor out of pocket when I go get, um, a cavity filled and I don't know if you guys have ever seen like your dental bills that stuff adds up so again this is another plus it's another benefit um and getting to enjoy and reap those benefits of like working at your nine to five job um and not having to come out of pocket with the money that you make at your side hustle another thing that I think is extremely beneficial which I've even been like able to benefit from in a lot of my jobs is and when you work a salary job you have access to an expanded network and a legitimate avenue to introduce yourself to certain people okay so maybe you work a nine to five that doesn't necessarily have notoriety just yet and you want to introduce yourself to somebody they may not take you as seriously as if you are the something manager at so-and-so company who does a kick-ass job at their nine to five and then in having and being able to establish a relationship with this person that works maybe at another company that could benefit your side hustle you're able to be like hey bob 
Um, in addition to working my nine to five, I have this really great um, entrepreneurial venue that I'm, I've actually established. Um, and then tell them a little bit about it and how you think that a relationship with them can benefit that, right? So another really cool benefit of working a nine to five and running your own side hustle is that you essentially never get too familiar with either or, right? You might go to your nine to five and be like, I'm so over this. But at the end of the day, you come home and are working on something that you're very passionate about, something that you really love. And I think in doing that, because you, it sounds really weird, but having this one thing to remind you how much you love this other thing serves as like a really good like reminder for how hard you have to work for your passion project. And there are people who legitimately just love both of them. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with loving like, both of the spaces that you're in and I think in having both of those those aspects both a job as well as your passion project or your part-time hustle it's a good reminder of like how much you value both spaces and both jobs so that's a really really great benefit of having both a nine-to-five as well as a side hustle in attempting to have the best of both worlds in terms of having a nine to five job and having uh, your own entrepreneurial venture, there are a few things that you need to consider. Okay. There's some things that you really need to take into consideration uh, when trying to balance both of these. Number one, balancing them both, making sure that like you're giving as much time to both aspects as you can. And if you get to a point where you're like, man, I really just need to focus all my time and my energy and my effort into my passion project, and that's when you really need to sit down with yourself and consider like, is it time for me to step away from my nine to five? And in doing that, you also need to come up with a legitimate plan. I am not encouraging you to quit your job on a whim. You still have bills to pay. You got kids to take care of. You got parents to take care of. You got a car insurance note that's due. That student loan still might be coming up. Hey, if you bought a house, that mortgage might be due. So you really need to sit down ask yourself the necessary questions. Do I have the money to kind of like quit my salary job? Can I afford to not have health benefits for a while? Can I afford to give up some of the luxuries that I really appreciate because I'm going to be tight on money? And one of the things that I generally like, I have a rule of thumb that I normally tell our clients or like even things that I've heard other entrepreneurs say is they generally try to save up from anywhere to a year to a year and a half so that if they are running their entrepreneurial venture and um, they're not necessarily seeing a significant ROI or like seeing a significant like amount of revenue, they still have a cushion, a financial cushion to go back to. So it's like, okay, I don't have my salary job anymore, but, and we didn't meet our, the numbers that we wanted in terms of my side hustle, but I can still pay my bills. My phone's not going to get cut off. My water, my water bill is still going to be covered. Um, I can still have internet so that I can still work on my side hustle and, you know, still get things done. So these are things that you always have to consider when you do decide, if you do decide to quit your job, um, as well as if you decide you're going to do both. Um, another thing, do not, and I repeat, do not use any of your work software, um, technology accounts like resources for your side hustle okay what a lot of you guys don't know and I guess I have the benefit of like working on the back end of like a computer a lot of the times if you work for a company that has a specific like email ending like at like mba.com your boss or the person that works in IT has access to all of your emails so if you think you're going to be sending 
side hustle emails on your like actual work email, you're going to get caught and you're going to get in trouble because you're using somebody else's resources to enhance your own, your own business. And imagine if you had employees and they were uh, working on their side hustles during the work hours that you're paying them using your resources that you're providing them. That would be extremely frustrating. So be considerate of those aspects. Do not use um, computers. If you work in like certain aspects, don't use like phones, don't use cameras, make sure that you're, you're kind of like using your own resources as much as possible. Hey, if your boss tells you that you can use your work resources to pursue your side hustle, then more power to you and your boss, then that's great. So be it. But just to keep yourself safe, to keep yourself out of trouble, avoid using any of your actual work items to pursue or um, enhance your own uh, side hustle. Next thing to consider is you need to ensure that your side hustle and your nine to five are not a conflict of interest. So when I started my job, Like even in my job interview, I told my boss about Megs and I told her that I do marketing and I do branding. I mean, but I also explained my client base to her. I don't work for other provincial sport organizations. I don't actually even work for like other big sport organizations. I generally work one-on-one for small entrepreneurs who are looking to enhance and build their brands and start their businesses. And in addition to that, I also had to sign a contract that clarified that the things that I was doing outside of work were not of a conflict of interest to my job. And so you need to make sure that in establishing your own side hustle and working at your job, like you're literally not in direct competition. And I know why this happens. Like, um, I used to work at another job where we would provide like, um, sporting opportunities to adults and they made you sign a contract that basically said all of the things that you've seen here, heard here, learned here, um, like processes, operations, you cannot use to go and establish another organization of this caliber or style for the next three years. And that's how they would protect themselves. There's also a high turnover rate at that company because nobody was nice, but that was how they were protecting their product, right? That's how they were protecting their processes. And so you need to make sure that what you're doing outside of your job and what you're doing in your job do not conflict because that can result in you losing your job and we would hate for that to happen next you need to make sure that you can balance balance but both do you have the time do you have the energy do you have the space to run your side hustle and do your nine to five there are some jobs where your employer requires you to be online for more than eight hours a day my job requires me to be as accessible as possible because um, I'm updating our website or I'm updating our socials or I'm going to events, but I've also found a good way to kind of balance all of that and kind of like turned on an internal clock in my mind. Like, Hey, at certain times I'm just going to be offline. And I've also communicated this with my employer because at the end of the day, you need time for yourself and your mental health and your physical health. Um, but you also want to carve out time to like focus on building your brand and your business and, um, catering to your clients and being available. Right. Next thing. And this kind of touches on what I brought up in terms of, um, conflict of interest, if necessary, And I say, if necessary, be as transparent as possible with your employer. So if that means HR or if that means your boss, be as honest with them as possible about the fact that like, hey, I do run another business. This is exactly what my business is. You don't have to give them all the nitty gritty details. Okay, we don't we don't want anybody stealing your business concepts or firing you unethically. But even if you want to just bring it up to them just to let them know, like, hey, you may have this expectation of me to be available at certain times, but 
Maybe I'm running a personal training business and a lot of my clients see me in the evening, so that won't be a possibility. There's absolutely nothing wrong with being that transparent with them, but you also need to be well aware of who your employer is. Kind of gauge them. If you're working with somebody who, and unfortunately there are a lot of people that are in work sources like this, where your employer kind of wants your nine to five to be the death of you, then you need to understand that if you share like your side hustle with this person, they might even take offense to it. They might legitimately be like, they might even look for ways to be like, oh, you're not putting your end all be all into this. Like they literally want you to die for their hustle. And so the idea of you having a side hustle to them is absurd. So you just need to kind of gauge who your employer is, how they react to certain things. Um, and even like what their interest is in terms of like your well-being before you can determine how like transparent you should be with them. But for the most part, Again, my boss is super chill. She's super nice. So I'm, I, I let her know that I'm running this side business. She doesn't know the nitty gritty details. She knows what I do. Um, and at the end of the day, I get my work done and I'm able to run my side business. So there's there's no complaints, right? Uh, last thing, okay? And I say this all the time and I'm going to say it again. Listen, your coworkers are not really your friends. So be careful what you tell your coworkers about your side hustle, Okay. If you just so happen to be that person that is going to break consideration like number two, where I tell you not to use your work resources to establish your hustle and you decide I'm going to use my work computer to do so. And then you go to tell your coworker, if you and your coworker get in stuff, I guess what your coworker is doing, they're snitching on you, they're telling on you. So you need to be very considerate about the things that you're telling your coworkers, you're telling people in that workspace because anybody can turn on you at any time. And you also don't have to share every single thing with everyone. It's okay to keep certain things to you, keep it with your team, keep it with your confidants, your mentors, the people that you trust, the people that are not like competing for your job. Uh, just, yeah, be very careful about who you share certain things with and everything should work out fine. So yeah, that is about it for us on the podcast today. I really hope you guys enjoyed this conversation about having a nine to five and running your own side hustle. If you guys are doing both, be sure to comment in the comment section um, under our post for today's podcast. Let us know what you think. Um, And also, let's start the conversation. When do you think it's right to quit your nine to five and pursue your passion project or your entrepreneurial venture full time? Let us know. We really want to hear from you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Meg's Moments. We hope you really enjoyed the information and the tips and tricks that we had to share with you all. Uh, Be sure to stay connected with us throughout the week. Follow us on social media on all platforms at Meg's Consults and head over to our website at www.megsconsults.com. Send us an email if you're interested in starting your own business, growing your business, or just have any questions at info at We'll see you later. Bye.